Welcome to Screen Masters with me, Bav. And me, Fluff. And today on the show, we are going to well discuss what we watched, of course, as always. And uh, then we're going to look at the final two Lord of the Rings movies, Two Towers and Return of the King, is part of our little retrospective look back at them. Do they still hold up and such? Yes. Uh but let's do the admin. So if you want to join the conversation, if you want to get involved, you can go to facebook.com forward slash the screen masters. You can tweet us on the Twitter at the SM underscore pod or twitter.com forward slash the SM underscore pod. Uh, and also, if you're a fan of email, you can email us at the screen masters at gmail.com. Uh, oh no, cocked it up. First one back in a while, and I've cocked it up. I miss my words. I was gonna say, I was like, let's do my song lyrics. Come on, so come on. I've tried, I've tried for something that's relevant to a point I'm gonna make, but I would like to turn today to the words of the proclaimers and say that I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more. Just to be the man who walks a thousand miles to fall down at your door. The relevance of that will become. Oh, oh yeah, I would hope later. so. Because at the moment, I'm. I'm yeah, that makes no sense, yeah, does no, it? That no, absolutely makes no sense. No. That's fine. It will. It will, I promise. Okay, okay. I, sh yeah, I trust you. I trust you. So now we move to the next bit <laughs> and we throw the floor open. What have you been watching, my friend? What a do lot. you want to talk about? <laughs> I've watched a lot. Um, Bearing yeah, no, in mind that we're not going to do an entire episode on this. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm acutely aware. Uh, yeah, no, it's obviously been a little while since we uh, since yeah, we recorded. Um, but we did kind of say we'd been we're not been on a bit of a gaming binge for a little while, haven't we? Yes, we um, have. So that that has kind of peaked off. Uh, sorry, peaked and then you know d dipped off. So we're kind of back into watching stuff again. You know, that's the, that's the good thing. You know, you can go in for a little while, build up a load of stuff to watch, came through it all, and then be like, shit, I've got nothing to watch again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Disney, <laughs> release another show, you bastards. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, so, okay, I'm not going to go through everything because it is, it, it's been a lot. Uh, but I'll mention a couple of the, the, the new things, I suppose, is the best thing. Um, so a couple of the docudrama things. Uh, on Netflix, which I really, really, really enjoyed. Uh, the Lost Pirate Kingdom and Age of Samurai. Each of them just gives that little, uh, you know, look at that period of history. The Lost Pirate Kingdom really, really intrigued me because, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, it's, it's a fun film and, you know, people can say what they like, but, you know, it's it's still a fun film. It's the first one well, yeah, the, the pirates have been, uh, pirates and Vikings have sort of been demystified in the, it's weird, isn't it? Certain things end up in, what well, you know end up on kids tv like zombies yes like disney did a zombies musical yeah where <laughs> it it's like oh so zombies aren't scary anymore then yeah and disney made pirates not scary because apparently they didn't rape and pillage they just sang songs and drank rum well so and were silly is... and ran yeah, on top of wheels and yeah, this... again uh, well, vikings yeah, yeah. are going the same way you know <laughs> 
Well, I don't know. You see, this is the thing. I mean, the you know, the pirates, they're, they're, they are still a bunch of uh, bastards. Uh, there's mm. some good ones in there, some bad ones. It's very intriguing because, it, it, you know, it, it gives a bit more information as to how the whole pirate thing happened. And, you know, it, it was guided a golden age for piracy. Yeah. But at the same time, it didn't last very long. Watch it. It's very interesting. Yeah, it um, sounds good. Uh, same with the Age of Samurai. I mean, I've always been interested in in japan and stuff like that uh you know it's it, it, the far east is always somewhere which is intrigued me their history especially is yeah. very different to our own obviously we you know yeah absolutely we're, we're very different in europe because we're so connected there's been battles and we've been warring for everybody for you know centuries whereas battle for japan very very interesting because it's it's very much just a civil war of japan and how everything transpired there during a certain period um one thing I'll say, and and this is one, one good thing, one bad thing. The Lost Pirate Kingdom had a lot of uh, academics from all over the place. Mm. We had some English people, which I really enjoyed because you can see there's people who just love piracy and love that kind of stuff. Then there's the historians, um, and there were there were people from the Caribbean as well. So it was a very eclectic selection of historians and and commentators. Mm. Sorry to say that the age of samurai really did not do me. Uh, it didn't. It didn't do what I thought it would do, which is, how about we, you know, bring in people from Japan and from the Far East and people who've actually, you know, got a little bit more knowledge on this stuff because it's their country. No, no, quite literally, ninety percent of the commentary is American historians. And when you watch this stuff and it's like you're talking about another country, it's like me turning around and going, okay, I'm going to interview uh, a German and a Russian about the Civil War in America. I wouldn't expect them to know as much about that stuff as the people native to that land. So that's one thing that I will say. I understand that Netflix is, you know, worldwide thing and they want to push it in, you know, American oil. But as somebody who wanted to learn more about Japan from uh, you know, a Japanese person. That's one thing that actually detracted for me. I will say. Yeah, it's fair enough. Like you say, you think about other things. Where uh, I was thinking about the oh, what is it like the World War Two greatest battles yes. that you mentioned yes. ages ago. I've, yes. I've I watched that not so long ago. Um, but like you say, it's it's you know you expect American historians there for the American point of view, so they have them, and they mm. have British historians for the British point of view, and they have a German historian so that he could tell us what the German side was like. Yeah. But yeah, they like you said they didn't call in, <laughs> they didn't call in Brazilians to talk us through what happened in the Second World War. Exactly. Um, so it was. Don't get me wrong; it was still very enjoyable. There were one or two of these historian commentators who genuinely grated me, though. Yeah. Um, because it, it's you know these, just these people. I'm like you know yeah you've read a lot of books and this that and the other, but it's you know the sense of history for them is lost. You know, it's it, it you know it's, it feels a bit different. Um, so there's a couple of things on there. I've I've rewatched recently. I'll just touch on the whole of Daredevil. Um, oh, okay. It, it, it's been that that you know it's been a couple of years since I watched it. I've rewatched it and finished that like two days ago. Um, Still good. Yeah. It, uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, it it stands up and then yeah. some. It really does. Unfortunately, I had to watch Defenders as well because that is part and parcel of daredevil story. sort of his story yeah yeah um and it really does highlight the weak points that the, that the netflix stuff held um but it also do, raised do you the... mean finn jones specifically mainly finn jones yeah uh yeah basically any scene with finn jones also yeah. sigourney weaver being in the defender series which is completely pointless 
Uh, but that's it, Marvel being Marvel and going, that, hey, that let's put Marvel a big name Marvel. in it. You know, because they like yeah. their big Robert Redford, Michael Douglas. You know, they like True. to get someone in but, from the old guard, don't they? Meryl Streep yeah. in uh, Guardians. Yeah, the, the difference is... Uh, though, no, like Meryl they... Streep, Glenn Close, sorry. Glenn Close, yeah. The, the difference is, is that those people brought something, uh, brought a little I bit agree. of gravitas I to the agree. role and a character. Uh, Sigourney Weaver just dies and, and you just kind of go, what? Yeah. Um, it's a shame because I really like Sigourney Weaver. But uh, but then, yeah, obviously you then get into Daredevil Season 3 and uh, it's just so good. So, so very good. So, yeah, I just, I just, just a reminder, you know, we're watching all the Marvel stuff. We've now finished Winter Soldier and Falcon. Yep. Falcon. Try not to say things and spoil things. Um, <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, Falcon that's and the Winter called. Soldier. That's fine. Yeah, that's that's the title it is on 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 Disney. So we'll go with that. Um, which was just fantastic. And that that's the thing. It's like you know we've we've had Wonder Vision. We've now had Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was like, let's go back and have a look at the Netflixy stuff. Does it hold back? Uh, yeah, it, it, it holds. Sorry, does it hold up? Yes, it holds up immensely. Like Daredevil is still. Even with these new ones, still my favourite uh, of of the Marvel TV shows, and probably always always will be, as I've said before. Got a little mm. soft spot in my heart. Um, yeah, it was a an amazing show. It was yeah. an amazing show. Um, and I'll only mention a couple more things. Uh, one, uh, a film. I'm not sure whether you'll have watched it yourself. Uh, Palm Springs, uh, on Amazon. Oh, no, no, never heard of it. Uh, oh, so come on, no, I did look at it the other day actually. Go on, yeah. Carry on. So this is uh, Andy Samberg uh, and Christine Milotti, uh, and it's essentially a Groundhog Day film. Where that's it. That's it. I keep seeing the trailer, and I was like, "Ooh, I like the sounds of this." Yeah, really loved it. I mean, I I always used to be a bit hit and miss with Andy Samberg. Then I loved Same here. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, which loads of people were a bit hit and miss about. My mm-hmm. God, honestly, anybody who hasn't watched it and just kind of go, eh, watch it, there is so much good in that. Really, so much good. Um, but I never used to enjoy him. I find him likable now. Uh, and Kristin Milotti, you know, I've seen her in so many things over the years. She's just a very likable character. She's always, you know, got that thing. Um, and, oh, God, J.K. Simmons as well. Just absolutely Yay. fucking hilarious um, in, in it. Um, so, again, if you're one of those fans that loved Groundhog Day back in the, in the day, you, you love that kind of repeat of time sci-fi thing you know the, there's still that great sg1 episode we've talked about in the past oh my god window of opportunity there you go from you see, season no, two because it's that i good. still remember because it, yeah it's that good I st- i'll yeah. never forget them playing golf into the stargate <laughs> yeah. and him just going to carter having a breakfast in the morning and just snogging her face off because he yeah. can god that yeah. was a great episode yeah yeah and uh hammond walks in, he's like george i was doing my backswing and it's just yeah yeah that's- hilarious um so yeah i really really enjoyed this i mean it is obviously romantic comedy (laughs) you you know which isn't my cup of tea per se um Mm -hmm. but the performances of these guys was absolutely fantastic again the story is not the same as every other groundhog day one there's uh, you know there's a little something to it i'd encourage you to watch it um i I think yeah i was tempted it gave me vibes of uh, another sort of one i saw uh, a couple of years ago uh, there's been two of them now. Uh, Happy Death Day is what it was called, and it was like a horror spin on it. Mm. So it was the Groundhog Day thing, but she was being uh, every time she died, got killed by this serial killer on her campus. She reset to the beginning of the day and had to try and figure out who it was. But they did, you know, they did the same sort of things with that you do with SG One. She got to a point where she was just like, oh, I don't give a fuck anymore. 
And yeah, I remember it's... one bit that was hilarious where she went skydiving in a bikini with no parachute. Yeah, that, that just for the hell of it. Yeah, like, that is why not. There, there are various things within this where they just like go, eh, fuck it. You know, this day's just going to keep repeating. Uh, yeah. uh, and that is the the beauty of this this kind of thing. Um, yes. Invincible, which uh, have you finished yet? I haven't even started yet. Oh my goodness! When we get to me, I'll explain. Okay, that's fine. Um, so Invincible can't say anything about it, ladies and gentlemen, because Pete's not watched it. Um, well, I've read well, it all. It's not like they're going to well, do yeah. anything different. <laughs> well, ah, I'm up to date ah. so far. Put it that way. Ah, but this is the great thing I will say about when we transition from comic book medium to anime or uh, so animation or or to live action. There are always subtle changes. So yeah. yes, there are subtle changes within the show that you will see and you'll go, oh, that happened a little bit before than I would have expected. Or So there's there's subtle changes. Um, all I can really say is the, the, you know, the voice cast is absolutely phenomenal for this. Truly phenomenal. Like they have picked so many great people for so many great roles. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to... Well, the man you is, just mentioned, yeah. I was going to say shout out again to the great J.K. Simmons. Who's, uh, who's just amazing. He's done yeah. such great characters like Tenzin and yep. uh, just, you know, J.J. I mean, the, the man that's so good at J.J. 20 years ago that the new Brilliant. films have gone, do you want to come back and do it again? Because we can't find anyone Because actually there's no one better. No. <laughs> you just are J.J. Come and yep. do it. Um, so, yeah, so many, so many good things. Um. So I watched the last two episodes together, um, anticipating quite a a big couple of final episodes. Brutal is is the only word that I can describe the ending of that season. Yeah, brutal. Um, my, uh, Amazon are really doing the right thing when it comes to kind of the the brutal side of superheroics. Um, I know that Netflix this week have released Jupiter's Legacy, which is something that I've been eyeing up. And sadly, all of the reviews kind of are saying exactly what I thought it was, that it's bland, it's unoriginal, and really doesn't offer anything new to the subgenre, which is shame. It it is a shame. Um, And then the final thing I'll mention, uh, because it has started again, and... There's, uh, you know, as we say, there's there's not many shows which physically make me laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. Mythic Quest is back, <laughs> so I'm back to laughing out loud again. Um, three episodes so far. They did one uh, a few weeks back, which was kind of uh, a special episode, which is it, basically it's a return to work kind of episode. Uh, the focus is on that element. They did the quarantine one, uh, the, you know, the last year, this time last year. So again, it very very much in line with everything. And then, yeah, two episodes released yesterday, and I sat here laughing my ass off because I love that fucking show. Uh, the guys are just geniuses. Um, uh, Charlotte Nicardo as as uh, Poppy Lee as well. My love has just been re re uh, <laughs> reignited. <for> her. Uh, <laughs> my God, I love her. She, yeah, in like season, sorry, in episode two, uh, there's uh, just a scene where she's like all dressed up, very much not Poppy, and I was just like. Damn. So yeah. Uh so that's what that's what Fluff's been watching. How nice. about yourself? So I am finding it very hard to get out of my little YouTube uh, <laughs> rabbit hole that I've gone down. So yeah. on, on your recommendation, yeah, I started I checking out some yeah. stuff 
for uh, a, a YouTube channel called Neebs Gaming, who do cinematic gameplays, uh, which are hilarious. And obviously you've spoken about them before because we both played Seven Days to Die and they do a series based in that game and Ark, which is a game we've just started playing and Minecraft, which of course we all know. But yeah, I've watched so many hours of those guys. Uh, and like you say, it's the, it's the freaking hilarity sometimes. I just, I find myself absolutely wetting my pants because of the 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 way they do it it's it's like i'd love to base an entire episode on their work because i think it's incredible and can be considered a tv show in itself to a mm. degree but obviously we're not going to but yes that's where i've been struggling to get myself out of that hole to watch tv shows <laughs> i have watched some films i have watched some films i've got some films that we could discuss what i've got one that's got a lot to say and then I've got like four that are less. I reckon I could probably do the big one and one other, or I could do the three little ones. What would you rather have? And I'll save the rest for another episode. Uh, let's uh, let's go with more. Let's go with more. more. So do, do discuss more things than fewer things, and then you can go more into things than fewer that, things. Though. Okay, yeah. we'll push past my three-page review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh Jesus, you you didn't. And... Will the four-hour uh, the the four-hour epic? Yep. Oh yep. Jesus, you I've poor watched bastard! It. I've watched it. Three you pages poor, of poor notes. We'll come to that another day, then. Yeah, so... that would depress me. I think if I had to hear that right now, <laughs> yeah, it's been probably. a while since we've done one of these. So yeah, don't depress me. Let's talk about other yeah. things. I can so, tee myself up for that. Psych let's start up. with something good then. Um, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty-four. I finally got round to watching it. Have you seen it yourself? No. Again. Um, no, no, I, it's it's on the watch list, but not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. List. It was for mine. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give this a go. It's it's had some good reviews. Let's have a go. Um, I liked it. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good film. Um, I like the way they do the character. Um, I'd heard from other reviewers, uh, uh and other people talking about it that that they felt it had vibes of um, the early Superman films. Um. You know, the Christopher Reeve ones, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm inclined to agree, but I think it's all based on the opening sequence. So there's uh, a, an, an opening sequence of, um, well, actually, it starts with her on Themyscira when she's young, competing in a tournament. But then when it goes to the first uh, scene set in 1984, she's uh, saving people in a mall. And there's just lots of blue and red flashing as she's darting in and out, you know, super speed to get people. Um, it's got that 80s setting, so it feels around that era of the early Superman stuff. And the musical beats that they use in that sequence are very Superman-esque. Um, I believe the music was by Hans Zimmer, so that doesn't entirely surprise me. Um, but it's also got very, a very hopeful message. It's it's about looking for the best in people, not not assuming that people are beyond saving. I guess, hmm. which is quite a positive message. Um, Pedro Pascal uh, plays Maxwell Lord, which, as you know, an oldie time comic book fan, uh, was good to see. I quite enjoyed seeing that character on screen, and Pedro Pascal 
you know, we know how good he is. He obviously does a fantastic, fantastic job with it. Um, uh, I, I, I actually think Kristen Wiig's really good in it. I'm not a huge Kristen Wiig fan normally. Uh, I suppose I've never I haven't really seen her. many things that she's well, that's honestly it. been. It's, it's, she's not my. She's never been doing films for my type. Well, I say my yeah, target demographic. That's it. She, you know, bridesmaids and things like that. Yeah. It's never a film I'm going to watch. Let's no, guess. that's it. Um, but yeah, this just changed my mind. I, I, I kind of rate her. She's she's quite good in it. Um, Gal Gadot is obviously the star. I mean, she's she she's so good. I, I just think she's incredible. She was one of the highlights of the Fast and the Furious thing when she was in that for a while. Um, and she's got a nice, you know, the character's good and, and complex. And, you know, she gets to, to bring that to life. It's it's really good. Um, Simon Stagg was interesting to see. They introduced Simon Stagg character. I like that sort of, you know, little bit part characters on the side or mm. you need, like in the Marvel universe where they need a, a company who's a little bit dodgy. Who do they use? Roxxon. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's that because it's that comic book flash. Same thing here. They needed a guy to be a big bad boss of a company. Oh, Simon Stagg, let's use him. He's He exists. Um, there's a, a pretty amusing and charming, because this one's got some... Uh, the sort of second act of this is is a l quite romantic comedy at times, mm. but it does it in a way that I didn't like. I didn't get bored by it. I wasn't pushed away by it. I quite enjoyed it. There's a a funny sequence because Chris Pine, uh, Chris Pine's character ends up coming back, but in the body of someone else, and he's not been alive since he died in the first film, so he's missed forty years or whatever. So there's a, a funny sequence where they're dressing. He's dressing up in different stuff to try and pick clothes that look right to go out in 1984. And there's quite a couple of good little jokes as he's trying on different things. Um, you get the birth of the invisible jet. It's really cool and it makes sense, which I didn't expect. Um, there's a cool little car chase in there that I wasn't expecting that, that looked pretty damn real to me didn't look very cg so i liked that um and yeah they oh anytime they use the theme i freaking love that theme like they've done such a good theme for wonder woman i always love hearing it um and yeah that like i say the little car chase sequence really got me it was it was uh, a cool action sequence it was tense i was genuinely on edge while i was watching it i just I loved it. There's bits in the fighting that I'll I'll mention specifically. Just some cool moments that I've not seen before from other superhero films, and it's possible I could have done. Um, there's a bit where she's taking on a guy with a nine mil, and she grabs the gun, shunts it back to pop the cartridge out the top of it, and then while the cartridge is in the air, hits it with her gauntlet, and pings it at another bloke. And that was just such a cool little sequence. I was like, oh, I've not seen that before. And it's, you know, superhero movies in this day and age, it's very rare that you haven't seen a cool trick like that done before. Um, as it goes on, she has to uh, say goodbye to Trevor towards the end, which is, I, I actually was a little bit moved. I, I, I thought they played it really well. Like I say, this whole rom romantic story that they've woven into the middle, normally I'd be like, oh, God, I don't want that in my superhero film. But actually, they, I, I just thought they played it really well. Um, it was really moving, and 
again, Gal Gadot's reaction to, you know, having to say goodbye to him. She's just so good. Um, and yeah, I thought, I thought it had a powerful and genuine conclusion. And, you know, this sort of thing is, is it always in danger of straying into the, the schmaltzy realm, you know, being a bit saccharine. I, I think this walked the balance really, really well. And I, I just found myself smiling after the film. I just, you know, got a really positive sort of vibe from it. I really enjoyed it. I would thoroughly re- recommend watching it. I think it's a very good film. As I say, it is on the watch list. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just not been high on the watch oh, list. Don't get me wrong. If I had a criticism, the, the Act 3... Uh, the fight in Act Three between the fully formed Cheetah and Wonder Woman, I can give a uh, take it or leave it. But most Act Three battles these days, I could take it or leave it because it's just two CG things CGing each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I wanted to see that, I'd go and watch the next film that I was going to talk about. So that would be Godzilla versus Kong. Ah, uh, yes. Um. I, I honestly, I was obviously just in the mood for it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, knockabout fun. I just turned my brain off and watched it. Watched it with my son. He loved it. Um, <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown's actually really good and really charismatic in it, even though, you know, she's not given much to do, but she manages to do the best with what she's given. Um, I, I just, there's a couple of really funny moments in it. Um, there's like the opening sequence of us seeing King Kong is him waking up on Skull Island and he literally wakes up there's some music in the background like he's just been woken up by an alarm clock and he sort of gets up, does a big stretch starts walking towards the sunrise and scratches his backside as he's going like just funny little humanised moments like that just made me chuckle Um and here's a here's a trope you'll recognize. There's always a scene in the action film where the action star is jumping away from the explosion. Oh, and you yeah. get that sort of slow-mo as he's going, jumping away from it, behind. and the explosion yeah, yeah. goes off in the background, yeah? yeah? They do that. But with King Kong jumping off an aircraft carrier that's being hit by Godzilla's uh, atomic breath. So he's jumping like off off an aircraft carrier as it's just going behind him. It's just ridiculous, but great at the same time. Like I say, if you're not taking it seriously, it looks cool as shit. And again, there's like when they're fighting in the sea, King Kong like jumps over a couple of battleships because he wants to get over to where Godzilla is. He's like, oh, stepping stones, boom, boom. Over he got it's just I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good fun. Um I think it's a state of mind thing as well. I, I had my brain turned off for it, like I say I was watching it with my son, but it, it then prompted my son to say, Hey, can we go back and watch the original Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters? Mm-hmm. Which are the two that preceded it, which we did. Obviously the first one's boring as shit, unfortunately, but um again, he really enjoyed the second one because it's just lots of big bashy crashy you know, nonsense. Um, we both found it quite quite amusing. Um, and yes, the last thing I will mention then is, because uh, actually I haven't finished watching the other one, I started watching Monster Hunter. Oh, the one with uh, Mila Jovovich in? Yes, so guess yeah. who the director is? Uh... You won't remember his name, but it's fine. 
Paul W. No, yeah, Paul W. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah, it was it was on the tip of my tongue, I know, but I it's know. only because you uh, you know lovers. I I do I do love his trash. He he has a particular brand of trash. Um, <laughs> and an hour into this hour and a half long brand of trash, it's his usual brand of trash. So I should keep watching that. But um, I watched the new Mortal Kombat the other night. That's the other oh one yes, that was the mention. other one you mentioned. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and yeah, I thought that was decent. I I you know I don't know the lore of Mortal Kombat, so I don't know. Like they gave them an explanation for why some of them shoot fireballs and have laser eyes and shit when they're supposed to be normal humans. This is the thing. It's like you know. And... I mean, I know that game adaptations are always a little bit more fraught than, say, you know, other adaptations. But they have to acknowledge the fact that when you go into a game adaptation film, when you're going into a game, this is a game with completely ridiculous, stupid, nonsensical bullshit. Because it's a game. Like, it's supposed to be completely ridiculous. And when they sometimes try and go, right, we're going to put all of this nonsensical stuff and we're going to try and fit it in a box so that it makes sense. Yeah. Maybe stop doing that and just accept the fact that, you know, guess what? We go into Marvel movies and we see, you know, sorcerers and we see aliens and we see mm. this, that and the other. Just just explain the world by going, it just it, it's there. You yeah, don't yeah, need to it. plausibly give an explanation for everything. No, but I don't know whether that is law that's been introduced in the game that True, they've yeah, just put I, into the film. That's what I meant. Like, I, I, I liked the explanation because it made no sense otherwise. So if you're going to make it make sense, cool. Um, but yeah, it's you know, I, I, I know of Jax, and you get to see how Jax ends up with his metal arms. Uh, there's quite a good uh, Scorpion and Sub Zero plot that runs through the whole thing. Um, yeah, again, it was. <laughs> it was turn my brain off for an hour and a half mm -hmm. and just watch some decent martial arts choreography you know it had all the beats you want if you're a fan it's got the fatalities and uh they have a little tournament at the end to go to different places and uh, in a change from the last one which obviously is is good that we're now at this point but kind of should have been the way in 97 uh you know every asian character is played by an asian actor as far as i could see um, so that's really good. You know, the lead is a, an Asian American, I believe. So, you know, that, that's really good to see that they've, they've, cause it's, as you were saying about the, the samurai, you know, you don't, it's, it's a Japanese thing. So get them in to talk about it. And similarly, yeah. if you've got, you know, good actors who can play these roles, well, get them in, don't cast a white guy, you know? Yeah. yeah um, I'm, I'm, you know, it's hopeful that these you know whitewashings and things like that are, are gonna hopefully start to be something of the past you know we, we've seen that change in hollywood it's not entirely there i think we all we can all acknowledge that but no. one thing i do recall reading over the last couple of months is that i think it's within the last year or so films and shows with a predominantly diverse cast seem mm. to be viewed more favorably than those with say all white cast or all black cast or, or you know whatever diverse mm -hmm. cast is actually something that people want to see now yeah which, yeah, which i wholeheartedly good. agree with yeah absolutely i mean as you know discussed it many times you and i don't know what it's like to not see someone of your own color on screen yes and if we were if we were of color or ethnic origin yeah we'd be i i'm sure you'd feel very uh, distanced to a degree from from what's happening because you're like oh there's no 
examples of me on that screen up there, mm-hmm. which is again why I think something like you know Black Panther was so important as a film because it it stayed true to African culture as far as I understand it. You know, from what I've read and seen, it, it was pretty close to to sort of African traditional culture. Um, yet, you know, it did amazingly well, and a whole generation of of black youths got to see a black superhero on screen leading the charge, mm-hmm. being respected by everyone around him, um, which I think is incredible. And it, uh, <laughs> I don't know why it's got nothing to do with color or anything. My son's favorite Marvel superhero at the minute is Black Panther. It has been for about a year now, and I I can't tell you why. He's obviously he's not of color, but he, he's the favorite character. He fucking loves that guy, and fair enough. The character's awesome, and obviously Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, was awesome too. But you know, it's it's really interesting um, to to see those sort of things. And again, I don't think every uh, well the, again, look at the Oscars the last two years. What was it last year was. Um, Christ, I forget his name now. I've got his early stuff. Parasite, wasn't it? It was best director last year. Uh... Oh, I can't remember his name. I'm going to grab one of his films off my shelf. One of his early ones. Bing John Wu. So yeah, he won the Oscar last year, and then this year was a female director, wasn't it? Chloe Zhao. Yeah. Chloe Zhao, maybe. Um, so, you know, that that clearly shows a, a potential sort of shift in in the, in the Hollywood anyway to, to sort of recognise that side of things. Yeah, no, I mean, certainly the, the award season this year. I mean, let's face it, I mean, the award season this year was a bit, it was always going to be a bit shitty because let's face it, nobody's seen half the fucking films no, exactly. because we've just not had the opportunity. So I understand where, yeah, okay. We're the Academy and we vote for the winners, but it's difficult for us to give a shit when we've not seen the films. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it makes it difficult. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, by all accounts, Nomad Land was, was a very good, you know, take on, on the American, you know, that, that side of American, you know, mid Midwestern, I think they are, mm-hmm. uh, which is something which occasionally, you know, you hear in, american cinemas and, and and tv shows they always talk about in the midwest and you know as though it's second rate or something so it's it's mm. good that something like that comes out and you know this is the person that's gone and shot the most diverse film that marvel are going to be introducing the eternals yeah we've yeah. already got an oscar-winning film director who's already shot a marvel film i mean jesus christ you couldn't you know marvel really couldn't hope for more could they let's face no, it that's it that's it it's great Again, it just shows that they they know what they do when they're picking the people. Yeah, yeah, they they yeah. I mean, aside from a few disappointing casting choices over the years, um, mm. Iron Fist. Um, no offense to <laughs> Finn Jones. At the end of the day, he did what he could. But you know, having rewatched stuff, dude, yeah, you you, you were shit. Um, but seeing the diversity that they've done, uh, it, it, it's it's fantastic, and and I'm hoping that. You know, all of the films that we've had, uh, you know, kind of the the teaser bits and bobs for, you know, confirmations of multiverse and madness and, uh, you know, all the other things. You know, the Marvels has been announced as well, which is going to be, you know, Brie Larson's, uh, you know, Captain Marvel call. Oh, yeah, Marvel that's Rambo, right. The pictures have come out got... of Kamala Khan in costume. Haven't yeah, they? and Kamala Khan's. But, yeah, they're doing a film called The Marvels. So it's going to be the three Ms. Marvels or, you know, Captain Marvels, whatever you want to call them. 
yeah. uh, are going to be in a film together. So again, just like going, okay, we've we've already got these individual characters. We're going to put them together. This is, all these little things, you know, Marvel aren't dropping the ball uh, is one thing I can say. No, absolutely. They're, they're, and again, they're, they're served by the groundwork, the, the extensive groundwork they laid. Okay then. Well, we'll leave it there then. We'll we'll talk Justice League another time. And, I'll uh, uh, switch myself off then. Uh, I'll finish yes. Monster Hunter. No, I re- oh come on. <laughs> I've got such good bits that I think you can rant over. No, I will. I will. I'm obviously suggesting. <laughs> the problem is right. It, it was it was after a discussion with our um one of our friends, and he was right. I I, I can't. I may feel a certain way about it without having seen it but i can't actually judge the content and quality of the film mm-hmm. without having watched it mm-hmm. can i tell you that after watching it my opinions change yeah not really yeah, yeah but yeah. you know at least i've watched it i've got my notes That's i can fine. tell you exactly yeah. why i didn't like it and what's great is i don't now have to slog through four hours to find out that i'm not going to enjoy the film that i didn't think i was going to enjoy in the first place um because you've already gone through the four hour slog for doing it for me so yeah cheers that's it i watched it so you don't have to yeah yeah there you go everybody that's how you got to look at it hashtag fuck the slider cut but if you do (laughs) actually give a shit uh then yeah just listen to uh to, to what you have to say next time and yeah, and then exactly. it saves you that four hour, four hour window. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. So we will move into the main section then and finish our discussion about Lord of the Rings. So, um, yeah, Two Towers is where we start then. So let me explain my initial, uh, my initial little uh, joke there with the song. I I always think of the Two Towers as being the one with all the walking. Because at oh. least the first half of that film is just people walking. Mm. Whether be it be it Sam and Frodo across the swamps, or be it cutting down with that glorious music, looking down over the New Zealand coastline while Gimli and Legolas and Aragorn are just running yeah. across fields, or it's the hobbits in uh, Pip and Merrin uh, walking with the tree. Pip and Merry. Merry and Pippin, yeah. Merry and Pippin, yeah. I don't. Know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, I got it right, didn't I? What did I say? Did I fuck it up? Oh, you said well. Pip and Merrin or something. Uh, okay, I might have. Yeah, but fair enough. Yeah, Merry and Pippin. Sorry. <laughs> um, but they're just walking on the shoulders of a tree for half the film. Um, this this one is where I lost my daughter on the journey. Sure. She she watched the first hour and then has never asked to watch any more of it, so I just left mm. it alone. Which is a shame because as soon as you get to, it is. Uh, I think she'll know. get there. I think when she's older, she may have an appreciation yeah. for it. But I just think at this point, the fantasy epic isn't her bag necessarily. Mm. Um, she struggled with a lot of the names of who people are and what they're doing, and uh, you know, um. So yeah, I didn't push it anyway. I just finished it myself. Um, so yeah, I I don't. I think the second one is my least favorite, probably. Um, there are there are elements of the second one which are, as you say, very slow pacing. Um, the stuff getting to getting getting to that point where okay, we've we've now found gandalf again and then they go to theoden 
who very much for most of this film is just a prick. No offense to him. He's a king. And this is always a bit of a problem I find with some of these fantasy things. These these people who are like kings and yes, my father's before me. Okay, great. So you've been born into this lineage. So everybody must bow and swoop down on you because you were born into privilege. And that's that's the thing that does get me because if they're not a good leader, I'm like, don't want to hear this shit, pal. Mm-hmm. And uh, for for a good portion of this at times, Theoden is just a shitty king. Like the fact that he let himself get, you know, his mind twisted, uh, you know, by magics and stuff like that. Mm. So there's a little bit holding me back. I will totally 100% say, but by Return of the King, I feel fully redeemed in Theoden. He's, he's going oh, yeah. on a two two story, uh, you know, two yeah, film arc. A two film arc. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I totally agree. But it is plodding up there and he's having, you know, he has a bit of a gruff argument with Aragorn at one point, even though, you know, he knows Aragorn's like a hundred years older than him and he helped train him and fight with him and stuff like this. He's like, you're not the king. No, but you're doing a pretty shitty job, pal. Um, <laughs> so there is yeah. that. Um, the, the Rohan itself is is not the, the most well put together place. It's like, yeah, we've got a village in the middle of nowhere. We've got no real defenses. So we're going to go to this you know, Helm's Deep to, to protect ourselves. And you're just like, don't really think that's going to make a difference, pal. Like, <laughs> you're just putting yourself in a very shitty situation. Um, But again, you get like Carl Urban. I think this is the first time I'd seen Carl Urban in, in, in big things. And obviously yeah, I didn't to- actually know it was Carl Urban until afterwards when oh I learned God, who really? Carl Urban was properly and then went, yeah. Oh, you were in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. So this I remember him from from way back thinking, oh, he's kind of a cool guy. Um, and obviously he goes on to become so many cool characters over the years, you know, Bones yeah. and, uh, and and stuff. So uh, again, seeing various people, Miranda Otto as, as, as a character. Again, there's not very many female roles in this whole story. No. Um, no. But when they do give a female character a role, as with Miranda Otto... She's not some put upon, oh, you know, I want to be a princess. No, she's actually pissed off that she wants to go out there and fight like the guys. Yeah. She's yeah, yeah, just absolutely. as equally a, a good a swordsman as any of them. Yeah. Um, and those are the little things that I love. And th- th- that, that's the kind of stuff I was hoping, you know, uh, my wonderful goddaughter would see and, and, and be a little bit more enthusiastic about. Uh, you know, it's not all guys running around with swords. The women do have uh, mm. you know, some part of that as well. Uh, but yeah, there's the the whole thing with Treebeard, just wandering through the goddamn trees. Uh, unfortunately, some of the extended scenes extend the walking through the trees yeah. stuff, which isn't the most exciting. Unfortunately, um, no, I th- that's the they're the bits that really get me going. Like, oh god, because you know I get it. I know where we're going. We're expanding the world. We're laying the groundwork. We we run into Gandalf. And yes, they're going to get to the other side of the forest and discover that the trees are being burned down and then the tree beard will get angry. But because uh, you have because that happens about halfway through, doesn't it? That he discovers it. And then there's the pissing tree council meeting, whatever it is, where they're just talking really, really slowly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we've been here for five hours. Oh, well, we've just finished saying hello. Yeah. What? Okay. And again, you know, we can't, I don't criticize the movie for this. This is stuff in the books, I assume. Mm. But, you know, you pace things differently, don't you? And they do the best they can because they keep chopping back and forth between the little stories they've got going to try and inject pace. 
but it, it does seem like you just grind to a halt every time you go back to the um the two little hobbits and and the tree everything just sort of grinds back to a halt again um yeah do we see galadriel in this one or was she in the first one i can never remember uh, she's in the first one and that's when uh, they get given all the stuff isn't it by yeah and he yeah, wants she's to in the lock first the and, and yeah the we discussed one. that that's right. um but when we again do... that was another good female character who's absolutely engrossing when she's on screen well no 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 she she no I tell her lie she does appear it. she she does appear very very briefly um so when elrond is kind of figuring oh, what should we do what should we do and then uh galadriel appears before him and basically says look there was once a union of men and elves let's honor that alliance and so yeah, yeah he dispatches a, a, a little army to to help uh, at helm's deep uh you mm. know which is great because you know by then aragorn who everybody thought was dead has, has suddenly come back and uh again there's those touching scenes with uh him and legolas it it, it reinforces this bond mm. that the fellowship mm. has has got throughout it they have an argument at one point uh and uh you know he's just like i should trust you you've you've brought us this far uh and it's when he hold, holds him, uh, sorry, hands him back uh, his jewel, which um, Arwen had given him that, that hung around his neck. Yeah. And he gives it him back and just puts it in his hand. And it's just his look back at him. He's like, he knows what this means to me kind of a deal. A, he's an elf. And B, he knows me. So there's those cool little moments. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's lots of those sort of um, show, don't tell moments yeah where they're, they're, yeah we don't need to explain what's happening you can see what's happening because the actors are a good enough quality to portray that yeah uh the um, the, the the continuing awesome relationship uh that is gimli uh, and legolas as well yeah, yeah. um it's just brilliant like at one point you know the rehirem all circle around them and uh he's just like oh well, i'll chop you down little uh little dwarf and then legolas like pulls out his bow and it's just gimli's like yeah. <laughs> just like that boy's protecting me uh and, and just one of the funniest scenes later on uh you know where they're stood on the wall he's just like yeah what's going on he's like would you like me to describe it or would you like me to fetch you a box and they just start <laughs> laughing at each other because <laughs> you know um and, and just those kind of little bits really do help a film of this if this magnitude if you take yourself too seriously, which I think that's the thing Peter Jackson realized, you take yourself too seriously in these fantasy realms, then you're going to lose people. But if you can bring a little bit of humor, Merry and Pippin very much are humorous because... Yeah, yeah they're almost comedy humor. relief, yeah. Sam and Frodo very much aren't, yeah. but every once in a while there's just a little smittering. Sam at one point is just like, you know, oh, catch that box! It's like a box which is falling. You're thinking, oh shit, what is it? And he's just like, oh, it's salt. And he's like, salt? Well, yeah, you know, you want to cook a rabbit. And he's just like, or a yeah. chicken. And you're just like, why the fuck would you? But again, that's that's the hobbits being the hobbits. And that's yeah, what I love. Absolutely. It don't, you know. No, it's uh, good. Good. I mean, yeah, I, I like I say, I think this one's my least favorite, but I do, I, I will never forget the first time I watched it and saw the Battle of Helm's Deep. Oh in the third act it's oh. such an incredible spectacle to behold particularly you know we've gone back 20 years this yeah. this this was all right maybe 19 years for this one but um it was incredible to see that amount of 
you know, yeah, CG on the screen, but it didn't look like it back then. It, it looked so real. Um, and yeah, all right, it doesn't look quite as real today, but I still think it's incredibly impressive. It, and it, it still it looks better, better than some cheap yeah. CG stuff. Massively. Um, I remember seeing uh, a couple of uh, the, the documentary things on the on, on the DVDs regarding how they shot this, because I was like, oh my God. And, you know, they shot it at night. They shot it, you know, when it was raining. And mm. you see all of this and you go, fucking how, you know, people laud these films for, for everything that they did. Go back and watch how they make these things. It's not, oh, yeah. you know, Zack Snyder putting up a green screen in his, you know, in his driveway to shoot some stuff for a film that nobody wanted to see. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> but, you know, that's my point. Like, they, they went, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this properly. We're not going to half-ass it with just green screens all the fucking time. We're going to use real locations. We're going to use real people. We're going to use rain. We're going to use dirt. We're going to... Yeah. And it looks... We're going to build beautiful. massive sets. Yeah. Or we're going to build miniatures. Yeah. Uh, to and it, fly shit it through. It looks it's absolutely cool. brutal. Um the extended stuff in this, I, I mean, it doesn't come to the forefront as, as much as, say, in some of the other films. Yeah. There's a couple of Sam scenes uh, with Frodo, you know, uh, there's a couple of Merry and Pippin scenes. There's nothing that, that adds too much to it, but one of the th one of the best ones of all of the extended edition scenes mm -hmm. is the return of Sean Bean in this one with... Him and his brother Faramir. Oh yeah, well you get like a little backstory, don't you? Yeah, so they take back the city of Osgiliath. Yeah, which obviously you know is is now falling again. And but again, it it, it shows it shows a little bit more of Sean Bean's character. It shows a little bit more of who he was, and he wasn't just the egotistical prick that you see in the first one. There yes. was a little bit of heart to him. There was like, yeah, I'm doing this for my people, and you know his relationship think, with his brother and i his think father. you get to see the strain that weighs on him more yeah you, you like you say you understand the character a bit more because i think it, you know when he by the end of the first film oh you yeah did you did know why he did what he did yeah. and he was struggling with the pressure of having to hold everything on his shoulders as he felt and, and also the effect of the ring as you know as, mm. as it was going through the fellowship we could tell yeah. it was beginning to to impact all of them and but the guy on the front lines of, of Gondor and seeing all this stuff and constantly battling, yeah, it's going to eat him more because he's like, I want to save yeah. all these people. Well, yeah, he's the first one to pick it up trap. and he's like, let's use it. Let's yes. take this weapon and use it against the enemy. But that sounds more like his father than yes. it does of him Quite. because at this point he's trying to think, well, what would my father want? Because, yeah, you know, I'm trying to live up to what he wants me to be. Yeah. Um, and again, introducing Faramir as the kind of, you know, the younger brother, the, the one that will never live up to Boromir's, you know, reputation and acclaim. Yeah. And the fact that their father is just a complete prick, um, you know, and, and just all these little things, that one additional scene really does delve a lot more into all three of the films and the characters and their interactions than, than anything else. Any other one additional extended scene is what I would say. Yeah. That's fair enough. Um, so yeah, I look, yeah, I, I haven't really got much more to say about the second one, to be honest. No, I mean, I'd again, the um, you know, it looks incredible. We know that the cast still yeah. the same. We went through them last time, so it's uh, again, it's the uh, inclusion uh, of Andy Serkis and, and Gollum 
to the yes. main thread at this point as well by in- including him as part of the the journey and and giving a little bit more again that i mean andy circus is you know st- again you go back and watch Gollum as a character and you look at some of the cgi nightmares that they are today and you go they got it so right then how do you guys yeah. keep getting it so wrong yeah that's again, it again andy circus is just fantastic anyway so well that's part and yes. parcel of it but um incorporating a completely cgi character in the scope of this and for it to work yeah yeah um, absolutely because he's not you know. you know he's seen for a lot of time and there's some quite tricky lighting uh in the later parts of the films with with sam and uh, frodo and it, that's always what trips it up is lighting mm-hmm. the um, um the conversation Gollum has with himself as well i mean yes that's obviously been parodied you know next you know by everybody now at this point oh, i'm sure there's memes galore of that yeah yeah but at the same time it captures both the sinister side the humorous side but also the very sinister side of this character and that's it it's just you are getting complete divergence of this character you've got one on one hand he's like yeah we're just joking with each other but now we're gonna kill them okay that went down a dark turn his split personality is not fun and and giggly it's dangerous yeah you know so the third in the series then is return of the king um so yeah this one this one has a lot of setup still as well Mm. but does seem to uh, I don't know. I, ju- I don't seem to notice the time so much with this one. Um, obviously, we build to a massive climactic battle for Gondor at the end. Uh, we get the incredible John Noble as the king. Uh, no, steward of Gondor, isn't he? Yeah, he's the steward. Yeah, He's the steward of Gondor. I can't remember his character's name, though. Uh, Denethor. Denethor, thank you. Like you say, and he's the father of Faramir and Boromir and is nuts uh because yeah this is where we get the uh, yeah we get the beautiful song from um pippin or is it merry no it's uh no, it's pip isn't it who's yeah. singing it um he sings the song to john noble while he's doing one of the most disgusting eating sequences i think i've ever seen in a movie oh yeah and just and because that... i hate him so much because he's just sitting there yeah. stuffing his face with food knowing his son is running into certain death again it's it's the food that he's devouring like yeah. uh you know blood oranges or you know oranges that just spurt out yeah. and it's just like that's you know it, all those little nuances that yeah peter jackson did very well um and yes then faramir gets because that, that that whole thing is Oh, I remember watching it again. Uh, you know, Faramir goes, and you think he's dead, and then they're going to burn him because his dad's convinced he's dead, but he's not. He's just unconscious or whatever, and he still wants to burn him. And I, ah, uh, yeah, I just remember sitting there the first time, going, "No, don't burn him. What are you doing? He's alive. Leave him alone. Fuck it out." It was, uh, it was high stress to start with, mm. um, but yeah, then thankfully he sets himself on fire and goes and jumps off the thing, doesn't he? Which is quite a cool shot, actually. Um, so yeah, the the fellowship sort of end up going to find some allies, don't they? And uh, Aragorn goes into the uh, the little mountain pass. I can't remember what it's called. 
the Mountain of the Dead? Or... I, oh, <laughs> I could have guessed that, to be fair. Because I know he goes in there and gets all the ghosts of the kings of old, isn't it? Or the, the armies of Gondor of old. Yeah. To come and help in the fight. Uh, the final fight against Sauron. Uh, yeah. Sauron, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, this one's, I think this one's probably my favourite. Uh, because we get the summation of everything and it's sort of everything's built to this point. Um, obviously, I could do with less endings, but I get it. <laughs> you know, if you've worked for that long on these films, you, you don't want to let them go. And I, I still, to this day, genuinely think what part, that's what part of that was. I think Peter Jackson filmed an ending and went, oh, no, but no, I want to do this bit. All right, we'll end it after that. Oh, but, uh, I want Which to is funny this because, tiny bit, and then you know, I'll end it after that. The ending of the the film is completely different to the ending of the book. Mm, mm. Well, they miss out all the um, Isengard stuff, don't they? Because Isengard invades the Shire, is that right? Well, well uh, so no, after Isengard has fallen, uh, Saruman, uh, yeah, Saruman retreats back to the Shire because it turns out one of the uh, what's this the the uh, one of uh, Frodo's relatives, um, one of his distant relatives, you know, one of the bastard, uh, you know, uh, they they they're in a part. You're basically Saruman and him have been in partnership. So Saruman retreats back to the Shire, and then the Shire basically ends up becoming like New Isengard, essentially. Right. So the hobbits go back, and then having used all the skills and everything they've just gained from the wars then unite the hobbits to then fight and get rid of Saruman. Oh, so there's cool. kind of like, you know, they, they've learned all their stuff and they go home and they take their home back because, you know, well, they've not, they've been the heroes of the story. They go home and they're literally the heroes of their, their, their town. Yeah. Um, whereas instead they just kind of canter into town on ponies and stuff, just looking dolled up to the nines and all their gear. And it's just like, all right. Yeah. You, you, you've still got it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's probably for the best that you left that bit out. Otherwise, we'd yeah, that like would have been one too many part four or five hours or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I, I think the whole thing stands up really well. Um, I still, I, I, there's a, there's still a cheer moment in it for me when Aragorn turns up with all the ghosts. Mm-hmm. I've just you know I've got that that sequence burned into my head as he jumps in slow motion over the edge of the boat. And you think he's on his own, and then suddenly everyone charges out with him. I love that sequence; it looks awesome. Yeah, and then like like Gimli jumps off, and he's like, "Oh, there's more than enough for the two of us." And yeah, he just like, yeah, they started their counting. Number one, number two. Yeah, Um, Yeah. they started their competition at Helm's Deep, didn't they, to see who could kill the most people? Uh, Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, like um, Legolas goes and and kills an Oliphant. Uh, and then you know Gimli just watches it because it's a pretty sick takedown. It like massacres loads of the guys, pulls the thing off, goes around, shoots it in the head. The thing falls down. He slides off its tail. Gimli just looks at him and goes, "That's still only one." Exactly. And I just like yeah. again, just even in the middle of battle, these two are going on. Uh, <laughs> That's it. And like you say, they're the they're the little moments that you keep in there to to keep give it a sense of brevity and and levity as it's going along. But I mean, um, that's I mean, there's so, there's so. I mean, like you said, there's so much in this. We've got, 
Sam and Frodo on on their journey, uh, you know, basically being, you know, Sam realizing that that Gollum is just a bastard. Frodo really just not picking up on it because he's, you know, being corrupted by the ring. Then, you know, gets taken by Shelob. Sam turns up, becomes the hero. You know, again, it's just that thing of Sam with that sword and just going, get away from him. And again, you're just like, yeah, fucking go on, Sam. Yeah, Uh, yeah, you know. Then them fighting, well, I say fighting, they're, they're getting the way through Mordor uh, and having to dress up. And just by the by the point that they're climbing Mount Doom, they literally have none of their possessions. They're barely, you know, got rags on their backs. They've got no water. They're literally at a point of dying. And they're just like, we're just going to, you know, th- th- this is a suicide mission at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Gollum obviously turning up, trying to distract them. Uh, you know, Frodo being overtaken by the ring. So again, we, we we're not passing up all the threads that we've put. You know, we've started. They finish all of them, which is yeah, brilliant. Um, but yeah, the the the, the salmon, uh, like you say, Frodo, that story, that arc, it takes a much more serious turn in this yeah. one, like you say, and and because, yeah, it 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 just becomes more and more obvious that Frodo is is almost siding with Gollum because he understands what Frodo's going through. Mm. And Sam doesn't because Sam's so pure of heart. He he doesn't hear it. He doesn't feel it. Um, I I, I love that, that, that. You know, their their arc over the three films, I think, is fantastic. It's it it is oh, the yeah. core of the film, obviously, okay. because it's the story of destroying the ring. Everything else is the set dressing, really. Yes. But um, yeah, I think they play the play the emotions really well. Like you say, when they're walking into that final thing, you're like, oh, come on, guys, do it, do it, come on. And then he turns around and he's this. like, no. And you, it, it, Sam's just like, no. Um, and you do, you feel it because it's like, yeah, we've gone through like two and a half films already. We we know it's important. <laughs> it's yeah. done. Um, all the fighting, you know, on, on the battlefield. Again, Gondor is under attack. Uh, you know, you've got Gandalf and uh, and Pippin trying to do their best, you know, defending the city. And they're sitting having that conversation. You know, just like, you know, I'm afraid. And it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just those honest conversations in the middle of battle uh, yeah. were very good. And then, you know, again, that heart stopping moment and that gets you the chills where suddenly, you know, the, the army is getting closer and closer. And then all of a sudden, you just see the Ruhirem yeah. just build this massive wall on this, this peak. And then as the sun is coming, you just see them all and then they just flood down and you're just like, yeah, Again, what a battle. Yeah, and stuff like that is just, it's the, the, the way that shot's set up that makes it, gives it more oomph, gravitas, yeah. whatever word you want to yes. go for, that makes you go, oh God, that looks awesome. And that's, like you say, shot choice. That's that's Peter Jackson's genius coming out behind it going, yeah, but if we do do it this way, going to look so cool as as that hits and this light fl- reflects and they're coming down here and again there's the scale I, it's difficult to get into any younger people's heads that we've not seen this yeah we've not we... seen this looking <laughs> this good you know it was extras before yeah and this was the first thing that properly showed us amazing not only crowd sequences because we've probably seen some of that but it it, it you know the the amount of different characters on the field, the the amount of different animations and things that they put them into it. It, it was so clever and so well done. 
considering the, the how Wita Digital became oh god big, really. I mean, they started the the thing that got them noticed was the um, I think they did a car advert for Citroen that was like a the car was a transformer, hmm. and then they got the Transformers gig off the back of that, and that was around the same time, if not just no, they were yeah they'd worked on Lord of the Rings before that. The Transformer thing got them. Uh, but yeah, those little attention well. to details, like a rock goes flying out, you know, to, to go and hit a tower and it takes that tower out, but it carries on rolling and takes out, you know, a bunch People more. People behind it. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's the attention to detail, like, okay, yeah. well, if this happens and this guy goes flying that way, what happens when he lands? Uh, and all of those little things, it's, yeah. They, they, I the think attention that's probably why it works, isn't it? Because we've yeah. mentioned the attention to detail before. It's the, I called it the dirt under the fingernails, quite literally, because... Yeah. You know, anytime you see someone's hands, they are always mud-stained or, you know, unless it's Galadriel or, you know, someone like yeah. that. Our, our main cast and crew are always covered in dirt in some way or another. And it's not Hollywood dirt. Um, yeah, 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 what you mean, yeah. Uh, well, I, I always think back to, uh, if it ever comes out, No Time to Die. In the uh, trailer that they released for that, where he's on a bridge being attacked by some stuff and he's grimy. But he, he's too perfect and shiny. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, yeah, that's that's Hollywood mud. That that's, that's that's Hollywood makeup, mate. That's not it's exactly. not a bit of dirt. That's makeup, mate. Yeah. Whereas I feel this was a bit more. It was probably dirt, <laughs> you know, and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think the attention to detail again is is why these still hold up now, mm -hmm. um, because there is such incredible attention to detail. It does know its source material. It does do what it can with it and then leave out bits that it doesn't feel it can handle and you know that's the way any adaptation works isn't it you do what you can and you don't do what you can't it also was 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 a good thing because it introduced over the course of the three films a lot of characters but it didn't escape the fact that all of these characters needed an ending i mean yes okay we, we joke about the the multiple endings but in the sense yeah. of there are so many characters you know you get even um you know uh theodem obviously he you know he he dies in battle but again he he's he's reaches that conclusion of he's no longer ashamed to die because he's like now i'll be welcomed into the far uh, you know the hall of my fathers and and they'll welcome me as a, a warrior like them because that was something again that's it's part of his that was part of his thing. Mm. Um, Eowyn, uh, you know, being injured and then her and Faramir meeting uh, in Gondor and then kind of seeing them together at the wedding. You're like, okay, they're gonna get it on now. Then yep. um, we get Eowyn uh, coming back, um, you know, because. Faram uh, sorry, uh, what's his face? Um, Aragorn, sorry, is is like, oh, I haven't seen my missus in ages, and then Elrond just, there you go, there she is, and that yeah. that that whole little scene, and he's just like, yeah. yeah, I'm the king of everything now, but I don't really care because my my love's here, and yeah. um, again, going through various ones, uh, the the bit for me that always still gives me goosebumps and almost puts it is is when. They get to the four hobbits. Like we, we've seen this whole thing, and he's now been crowned king. And we get the four hobbits, and they just stood on this plinth, and then they all go to bow to the king. And he goes, "My friends, no, you bow to no one." And the whole congregation bows to them, and it's like, "Yeah, 
these four hobbits yeah. in their own respective ways have saved Middle Earth. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing. And it's just like, and it looks at each of them and they're all kind of looking going, holy shit. And yeah, you do feel it. You're just like four simple hobbits save the fucking Middle Earth. And yeah, you get that sense of accomplishment from them. Um, it's yeah, just it's... reminded me of the phrase about dogs. It, 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 you know, their story is really the proof of uh, it's it's not about the size of the dog in the fight. It's about the size of the fight in the dog. Yeah, and that's the point they're trying to make: is it doesn't matter what how big you are, how small you are, what you look like. If you act in a particular way and are willing to, you know, stand next to your brothers, whoever the you know wherever yeah. they might be from. Um, yeah. Then, the uh, again yeah, the scene where forward. um, they're 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 at the black gate and they're like okay. We're going to attack these guys. We're going to give them a distraction. And then suddenly, you know, Sauron talks to Aragorn and basically says, oh, don't bother. He's dead. They've they've shown them that I think it was in the extent it's in the extended scene. They hold up the uh, the mithril armor that Frodo had had. Yes. He'd obviously caught it and they hold it up and they say, oh, your friend's dead. They don't believe it. And then he kind of says to Aragorn, oh, yeah, sorry, you buzzed there. And he just turns around, tears in his eyes is like for Frodo. And it's he charges, but who are the next two people that charge? It's Merry and Pippin. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And that those are the little telling details, the details, details that Jackson really went, no, 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 they have to run first. And yeah, so those are the little cool things. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, there's a lot of endings. But I'm I'm perfectly uh, perfectly content with that. <laughs> oh yeah, I, d- I don't mind them so much. Again, after, after you know the best part of nine to ten hours watching these characters, you yeah. you want like you say you you want an ending. You want them their little story to have been wrapped up in some way, so that we know where they're going. Oh, excuse me, so that we know where they're going in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, again uh, you know the 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 subtle things for. The ending, which again, uh, you know, I don't. Uh, have you read the the Lord of the Rings books? No. Okay, so there are a couple of little things that they kind of don't do at the end of the book. Which, uh, sorry, that they, they don't do at the end of the film that they kind of do at the book. Um, so we get uh, Legolas and Gimli go off and have their uh, bromance adventure. Nice. Uh, and it's really cool. Basically, I think like Gimli's like, I want to go home, and Legolas is like, I've, I've never seen the dwarven areas, and they're just like, Oh no. So yeah, and, and, and like in the book, uh, afterwards there's kind of like a, a date timeline, and it tells you where certain things occur, uh, which is quite cool. And one of the things, again, you're not going to see it in the film because they don't, uh, but Sam eventually goes to the Undying Lands as well, oh, right. which is something they don't really emphasize at all in the film. But Sam was actually a ring bearer at one brief point. Hmm. Which something that they don't really, and of course they wouldn't, because that's another fucking ending that yeah, they have to tack story. on to the end. Yeah, yeah. But because yeah, he actually held the ring during, you know, the turn of the king. Uh, he he holds the ring at a certain point. Eventually, yeah, it actually extends his lifespan. So he ends up getting a ship and going to the Undying Lands to be with, with everybody else who was a ring bearer as well. That's mm-hmm. in the book, obviously not in the film. Okay, interesting. Mm. Cool. Well, I think that's it then, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I don't think they've made uh, an, an, another one yet. So, no, uh, no, no. Should we leave it there? Uh, I mean, obviously, the series is uh, is is in under production at the moment. Um, yes. 
So this is going to be Amazon, isn't it? Yeah, Amazon. Yeah. So it's set that are like a hundred years or a couple of hundred years before the events of uh, of, of the Hobbit, I think. Because again, Hobbit's set before Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So this is this is where Galadria is young uh, and even hotter. Um, <laughs> you know, because don't get me wrong, Kate Blanchett is still a beautiful woman. Oh um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is going to cover that period. Um, I mean, the, by all accounts, that the budget for this has just been stupid. Uh, whether that's true or not, I've no idea. But like, some people are saying it's half a billion dollars. That wow. seems a bit extortionate for a fucking TV show. Um, but I mean, given that these, you know, took a couple of hundred million to make, I mean, they recouped it and then some. Um, but yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll leave it there then. Um, next time will be another sunny episode, although I am acutely aware that we are becoming the Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast. So I, we shall probably make that the last one for a little bit. Uh, but that will be next time. So if you've got nothing else to add, my friend. I don't believe so. No. Um... Okay. Just, uh, it's nice to catch up uh, with everybody Indeed. again. Hope everybody's staying safe out there. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting to the end of uh, quarantine period soon. So, uh, yeah, in the UK anyway. In the UK, yes. I should, Another couple should. of weeks and so, we'll yeah. be into the next phase. So that will be nice. But um, hopefully, yes. cinemas and things will be open soon and we'll be able to discuss a few new exactly. films that were start some coming new out. stuff got, to watch yeah and you know got... I, you never know we might get to do a james bond episode because they might <laughs> film at some point i don't know yeah we've only delayed that by two years now <laughs> well yeah yeah it was supposed to be april last year wasn't it that's when we went up to or march last year whenever it was we went but up to wasn't it supposed to, to have been november the previous year from that Oh yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, you're totally. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It was 2019. Uh, yeah. Then we went then into 2020. The April. So yeah, That's it right. will be almost two years, I think, from when it was supposed to come oh, out okay. to when it does come out. That's insane. <laughs> it's not so, like yeah. we sat on the idea of, or oh, you've sorry. I've got all my notes. I've done it all. <laughs> yeah, like, they're sat there. I just need to record the episode. So. <laughs> Jesus, it's a good one when we get there because I've done the work. I haven't got to do anything. I just sit and read my notes. Well, actually, anyway. quite beneficial because I think uh, a couple of the Bond films are going to be appearing on Amazon uh, Plus soon, so which is good. Oh, cool. Means that I can have a catch up again. Yeah, since, yeah. You know, it's been two years since I watched them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. Right, we will leave it there then, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, and until next time, I have been Bav. I have been Fluff, and this has been Screen Masters.